You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. We're going to start off the show today with a a story, an experience that involves both of us. So Ryan, uh, please uh, tell us a story about a young man who, who engaged you on your Moroc Treasure YouTube channel and what happened? Yeah, so I've got a few videos about tips on finding jobs or the mindset you need when looking for jobs. And so people that are Googling or just searching for how to find work, unemployment's a huge issue, especially among young people. Some of them find my channel and then reach out to me directly saying, hey, can you help me? Do you have any leads? Or they might have a specific question for advice. And it just so happened that one guy asked me right around a time that you and I were discussing about your business and the need for people that can write in English. And I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity because it's part time. People can work from home. And based on the guy's messages with me, he's got a high level of English. So this this could be a good fit. So I messaged him and said, OK, send me an email. And we, we kind of took it off off YouTube. And then I just sent him your email and said get in touch with my friend and uh, see where it goes and I received uh, an email from him uh, basically the day after you told me to expect uh, some sort of communication the conversation went well from the beginning we emails back and forth uh, at which point I asked him to translate an article for one of my clients that was in French. Uh, It was a medical article. Uh, I asked him to translate it from French into English. He took a day or two to do that, and I thought it it was very well done. In fact, I I was impressed. I I had to do very few corrections uh, of the article in English. It was something that could be posted uh, as a form of content marketing in English uh, for, for a doctor in this field. At that point, I invited this young man to become affiliated with my company uh, in the form of being a a freelancer or a private contractor. And I gave him the information that he needed to become what's called an auto entrepreneur. If you're not familiar with auto entrepreneur in Morocco, it's it's a fairly easy process of becoming a legitimate business uh, as an individual. There are many categories of work that you can do uh, as an auto entrepreneur and the taxes are low, but the main factor is that you are legitimate and you can issue invoices, which means that businesses can deduct uh, from their revenue what they pay you to do your work. And it's not an employment relationship, It is a contractor relationship and they can give you work as needed 
and not have to worry about CNSS and taxes and labor laws and employment that give a lot of businesses, especially small businesses here in Morocco, a lot of fear. I emailed uh, this young man and that was about five days ago when I gave him uh, his first assignment, which is to become an auto entrepreneur. And I asked him for his plan uh, on how he's going to accomplish this task and when he expects it to be done. And unfortunately, I have not heard from him in five days. From a Western point of view, this is not good. It is, especially when you're you're offering someone work, uh, knowing how how difficult the employment situation in Morocco is, knowing how frustrated a lot of young people are when it comes to work. The fact that I've offered this young man work and the opportunity to prove himself, and the fact that he has not responded to me in four days, it really does not give me a lot of confidence that he's going to be a reliable individual that can produce value and uh, meet customer deadlines. Because the culture of my business and the, the values of my business is that we, when I say I'm going to do something for a client, I do it to the best of my ability and I complete it when I say I'm going to complete it. And I'm not willing to engage with someone who's going to work for me if they're not going to be as reliable. Right. They have to be aligned with your company's values and culture. Yeah, this story is a perfect intro into what we're discussing today, which is how do you get hired in Morocco? How do you find a job? And what I can see in in this situation is that this young man is not demonstrating real hunger. Typically, when you're doing an interview or when you're trying to land a job with a company, you're putting your best foot forward. You're trying to make a good impression. Okay, it's like being on a first date with somebody. You're going to wear a clean shirt. You're going to be on your best behavior. And typically, over time, your performance might dwindle or it might go down. So if even before you've entered into some kind of formal working relationship with somebody, there's red flags or there's disappointments or frustrations, it doesn't bode well for the future. It's not looking good. It's not positive. The other thing is there's just no communication, so you're left to wonder. You don't know... Is this guy not willing to become an auto entrepreneur? Is he looking at your email saying, okay, well, forget it, and he's he's not interested? Or is he actively pursuing it? Has he been on government websites? Has he gone to offices? Has he already taken steps? You don't know. You're just left to to guess and to assume. That's not positive. You know, even if he said, thanks so much for your email, um, I'll get back to you in 24 hours, or hey, I'm writing an exam this Friday, I need to focus solely on that, but sat- by Saturday by noon, I'll send you the plan you're looking for. Or, you know, even things like that shows you that he values your offer and that he's he's hungry. I think one of the things that happens is a lot of the people that are unemployed are young. The unemployment statistics show this, that it's typically youth. It's typically the, the 15 to 24 age group that has the highest rate of unemployment and so a lot of them are living with family they don't have bills in their name they don't have a lot of pressure the heat's not turned up you know when you're somebody who's got your own apartment or you've got expenses you have a wife you have some kids that breeds hunger that breeds desperation so i think sometimes it's 
it's evidenced by stories like this where there's opportunity, there's a chance of landing a job, but they're not really hungry. And this might not lead to a job. And a month later, this guy's going to be whining to his friends that, oh, the unemployment is a huge problem. There's no opportunities. When meanwhile, he just ignored an opportunity because it took a little too much effort or he wasn't hungry enough. If young Moroccans or Moroccans in general wonder why it's so difficult to get a good job or why aren't there more good jobs out there? Why don't companies hire people? There are many answers to these questions, but one is fear. Companies fear hiring the wrong person. They fear going through the whole process, validating someone's CV, the interview process, and then having that employee not work out. There's a huge level of fear because there are many restrictions in terms of labor law once you have hired someone. And, and companies not only fear having to fire an employee if they turn out not, not to be a good employee, but they also fear getting sued. Um, I've had clients tell me that the lowest employee on the totem pole, pole can literally put a, a business out of business, mm -hmm. that a lawsuit can ruin a business. And this causes a lot of fear among employers to, to take any chances when it comes to hiring someone. So like you said, they're looking for any red flag, any reason to not hire you. A lack of communication, being late to meetings or late to interviews. I've heard many anecdotes among Moroccan employers who say, we interviewed for a job and half of the people invited to the interview did not show up on time, wow. did not show up with a copy of their CV, uh, did not show up properly dressed. These are very basic things that you can do to distinguish yourself from the crowd. Be reliable, communicate clearly and in a timely manner, be presentable, cordial, give that employer, that hiring manager, the confidence that you are going to be someone they can be proud of. Because in every company, there is going to be someone who decides to hire you. And for them, it is a leap of faith. It is a risk because mm -hmm. their reputation is going to depend on how well you do. Mm -hmm. Give every employer every reason to believe that you are going to work out. Yeah. The other thing is, if you are unemployed, you don't have a job. This is your thing. Like this is your full-time job. If you have a job, you're going to be working, let's say 40 hours a week and you might have to commute. Even if you just say it's half an hour on either end, that's an, that's an extra five hours a week. So you've got 45 hours a week and that's when you've, you're secure, you have a salary coming in and even then you're giving 45 hours a week. Now, if you don't have a job, should you be giving less time to pursuing a job or more time? In my mind, you should be giving more time to pursuing a job. From morning to night, this is your priority. Nothing else can really supersede this except for a family emergency. When your friends are meeting up to go to the cafe or there's a Netflix show you want to watch or whatever, all of that should be inferior to any hope, any lead on finding a job. So when somebody writes you and says, hey, there's an opportunity to apply for a job at this company, or hey, they're hiring here, or hey, if you can jump through a couple of these hoops, I'll think about hiring you. 
that should be your number one thing. Like from sunrise to, you know, the next sunrise. Like there's just nothing else that should be demanding your attention. So stories like this, it just, it's, it's hard to believe. It's, it's hard to fathom. This episode is brought to you by London Academy. London Academy Casablanca is a trilingual smart school that provides an enhanced education through the Moroccan and international English language curriculum. Their innovative educational approach based on advanced information technology, sports, critical thinking, together with the international experience of their qualified teachers, enables their students to be prepared for the skills needed in the 21st century. London Academy says, we are the future, and these aren't just words painted on a wall. I've seen their students learning to program, building robots, developing problem-solving skills. There's a definite focus on IT and preparing students to succeed in the information age. London Academy, the first smart school in Morocco where learning is serious fun. Now back to the show. Yeah, doing the basics uh, is important. Having a, a CV that is properly formatted, one page. Please, please do not have a CV that is three pages long. Uh, if you cannot communicate the essence of your skills and your background in one page, then you have not tried hard enough. Uh, one page at the top of your CV have a one to two sentence summary of your essential skills, your number one essential skill, something that you bring to the table. Quantifiable metrics in your CV, something like, I help small businesses acquire or find new customers via online marketing. I was able to achieve a 58% growth in the number of monthly patients on a year-over-year basis for a local doctor. If you can communicate results, you will set yourself apart when it comes to a job interview or a CV. If all you have on your resume is your education, you have a very, very low chance of being hired by anyone, unless you're a computer programmer. If you're a computer programmer, then I'm I'm hoping you can find a job here in Morocco and or in Europe as that is a highly sought after skill. But if you're not a computer programmer and all you've ever done is education, you should know by now that you're going to have a very hard time getting uh, hired. Ryan, do you have any tips for for people coming just out of school? All they have is their on their resume, on their CV, is their education. What can they do to, to kind of set themselves apart or beef up their CV? Well, first of all, I think you've already made a crucial error. If you're graduating from university and you still have no experience, that's a problem. Because I've worked at many universities. I've gone to university myself. I know that, yes, it's a demanding, you know, you've got your class schedule and you've got assignments and you've got exams. But if you add up the number of hours that you put into your studies and you look at that over a yearly basis, being a student is less work than working full-time. When you consider the fact that university semesters are 12 to 16 weeks long and often people have two of them a year, you add up the number of weeks, people are really only in school maximum 40 weeks a year. So there's another three months completely unaccounted for. What are you doing? I taught a class that was helping 
students that were in their third year of university. So they'd already had two university summers. They had a summer, you know, all the summers from high school, but then they'd already finished first year and second year and had a summer break. And many of them had no work experience. I couldn't understand that. And I was asking them, so what did you do in those four months? You aren't working and you're not studying. How did you fill your time? You know, you have 168 hours a week and no commitments. How did you do that? I can't, I couldn't even understand it. So if you're graduating and you have no work experience, you've already made a crucial error. But going back to what we were saying earlier about a lot of the unemployed being young people, there is an advantage to that. The advantage is that you're probably living with your parents. You probably have very little expenses. You probably don't have your own car. You probably don't have to pay rent. So that's an opportunity because in that situation, there isn't the the crucial need to earn a salary. And as the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad said, when you're young, it's important that you work to learn rather than work to earn. You have an opportunity there as a young person to do internships. This can be tricky because some companies will will take advantage of young people, but try to make it a win-win situation. Yes, they're getting quote-unquote free labor, but you're getting experience. You're getting something to write on your CV. And if you distinguish yourself, if you work hard, there's a chance you'll get hired there. But at bare minimum, you will walk away with more network, more connections, more contacts, more knowledge, and hopefully some sort of letter of recommendation that you can take into the next internship. So when I hear about some young person that's been unemployed for a year or for 18 months, I think, how is this possible? If you offered to work for free, and just said, I'm gonna, I'll work for free for you for three months. How many times do you, would you have to do that before either a company that you were working for recognized your value and hired you on, or that another company recognized, hey, here's somebody with six months experience or nine months experience or one year experience, great recommendations from previous employers. Let's give this guy a shot. Let's give this guy a chance. Absolutely, I mean, when you're young, when you're unemployed, uh, even if you're not young, anybody doing a job is not just about money it's about learning and gaining a skill that that you can perfect and that then later you can be paid to do if you are in school and you're not taking advantage of your spare time you are wasting that time and you have honestly have no right to complain about not getting a job later on we are here telling you now that simply going to school is not enough especially for most employers they don't care most employers, small businesses, they don't really care what you learn in school because a lot of what you learned in school has no application to the real business world. They want to know, are you going to help me save money in my operations? Are you going to help me find new clients? How are you going to make my life easier? These are only things that you can learn working in an actual business. And my advice is to literally, like you said, walk around your city, whether it's Casablanca, Marrakesh, Tanger, Rabat, any of these cities and go from small business to small business and say exactly what you said. I will work for free. I want to learn. I will work for free. I will show up on time. I will be reliable. I want to gain skills. Your payment to me will be knowledge and experience. And I hope to earn your trust and I hope to earn your, your favorable recommendation when I seek a paying job elsewhere. Or maybe let me show you how good an employee I could be and how much value I can provide and then you will eventually hire me. Mm -hmm. um, I would be shocked if you walked around and you got to 
the 10th business for you found a small business owner that agreed to do that. If you think that sending resumes and waiting for your friends to get you a job is, is the best course of action, you're just wrong. Big companies, especially in, in Morocco, but it's true all over the world, in the United States, in, in Europe, in, in Canada, I'm sure, sending resumes is a horrible way to get a job. In my entire life, I've only gotten one job from sending a resume, and that was by the grace of God, that was a miracle. Uh, there's no other way to describe that I, that I got this job or even got the interview. It has never worked at any other time in my life, sending out resumes. It's always been a warm uh, introduction from a friend or a colleague. It has been through networking, personal networking, whether it's uh, LinkedIn connections or conferences or networking groups. It has been uh, personal recommendations. People have recommended, that's how I've gotten my clients here in, in Casablanca. Warm introductions, I did a good job for someone and they introduced me to someone else. And, and, as, and if you're a Moroccan, you know this is the way it works here in Morocco. Someone would much rather take a recommendation from someone they trust then read a piece of paper that has a bunch of words on it that they don't even know if they're true, mm -hmm. which is what a CV is. Yeah. From the point of view of an employer, a CV is just a bunch of words, and they don't know whether it's true or not. So if you're putting all of your hope in a bunch of words on a piece of paper, you're not going to have a favorable outcome. I can put punctual, hardworking, dependable, generates results. Who's not going to write these words on their CV? Everyone's going to write that on their CV. But when someone else testifies that these things are true, when a small business owner says, this guy is punctual, this guy's hardworking, if I had a place for him or if I had a larger business, I'd hire him myself, another small business owner in need is going to put a lot of weight on that recommendation. The other thing is that the easier something is, the more people will do it and hence the less effective it will be. So if I can sit in my pajamas with a laptop and send hundreds of CVs per day. That's really, really easy. I'm sewing broadly. I'm throwing out this CV to, to the world. But guess what? Anyone can do that. It's so easy that everyone else is sitting in their apartment sending out CVs in their pajamas. So you're just a face in the crowd. You're not distinguished in any way. The average time that HR managers are giving to look at these CVs is, is seconds. They're just looking for anything, a, a spelling mistake or some minimal requirement that's not met, and it, it's in the trash. If they're looking at it at all. Right. There's software now. Yeah, so it's even being filtered long before a human eye is even seeing it. So the better way is to do things that are more difficult because the harder something is the more you stand out because the fewer people will do it it just filters down so what we're describing going in person face to face having conversations putting on some nice clothes you know dressing up a little bit looking professional looking motivated looking hungry showing yourself face to face most people won't bother most people will sit at that cafe and complain that there's just no jobs and the government's not generating enough employment and they're not uh, creating entrepreneurship opportunities and blah 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 and someone's going to walk right past that cafe and go to the small business next door and get themselves an internship that leads to a paying job in the future because they're willing to hustle. They're willing to put in the, the extra effort and set themselves apart. So let's talk a little bit about how you go from the three-month job to the one-year job or the lifetime job, uh, the sustainable job. Ryan, you, you've talked about this a little bit in the past, this idea of that task is not my job. You want to expand a little bit on this idea? Yeah, just yesterday I was speaking with the director of a department at a big company here in Casa. 
And she was saying one of the frustrations she has with her employees is that they do the bare minimum. If you picture like a, a box and within that box is your job description and they don't touch anything outside that box. So even though they work for the company and they might see that there's a need, if that need is outside their box, it's not their problem and they don't even touch it. It's this mentality of, well, that's not my job and so I'm not gonna get involved. And sometimes it's because there's not a team unity, there's not a team spirit and people can feel threatened so even though I'm struggling and I'm, I'm dropping things, I'm not meeting my responsibilities, if you come and help me, I might interpret that as, as threatening. I might interpret that as you trying to make me look bad or you trying to take over my role. And I might be threatened by that. So that's kind of a, a management mistake that there's a lack of teamwork, there's a lack of collaboration, there's a lack of unity and recognizing that we're all contributing to something larger. But a lot of times that's not the issue. It's the individual being lazy or just wanting to do the bare minimum, just not willing to, to sacrifice or to give as much value as they can to the company. It's just very transactional in thinking. It's you're paying me X amount of dirhams for doing Y, and I'm not gonna do anything more because anything extra that I give is making my hourly rate less valuable. When really, when a manager is looking to promote people, and this director I met with yesterday, she said this exact thing. She promoted certain people to become project leads within her department, and she told them explicitly, it's not because of seniority, it's simply because of performance. You guys have done A, B, C, and D, You've been willing to take initiative, to be proactive, to do even things outside of your job description, even things that you weren't explicitly told to do. It wasn't a direct command from above, but you saw there was a need and you took initiative and you met that need. So you're being rewarded for it. That's the kind of behavior we wanna see. You're offering value to the employer. Anything that you do that helps the company especially those that your manager didn't have to hold your hand or explicitly tell you to do, is gonna benefit that manager because they're gonna say, wow, this person's someone I don't have to babysit. I don't have to, to watch over. But I see this, this kind of thinking of, well, it's, it's not my job, so it's not my problem, so who cares? Rather than taking ownership. And we have, we have this expression in English called pass the buck. The US had a president that he had a little plaque on his desk and it said, the buck stops here. And basically he recognized that I'm not gonna, I can't pass responsibility to anybody else. Like this is the end of the line. So any problems, any issues, I can't throw that onto somebody else, it's on me. And so he had this attitude of taking responsibility, taking ownership and being solutions oriented. And that's the kind of thinking that each of us should have in our career. Those are some great points, Ryan. It's, it's about time to wrap up the show for today. Tell us a, a little bit about uh, your YouTube channel and, and what kind of work you're doing right now. If you're somebody that would like more info about how to find a job, how to go about writing a great CV or how to distinguish yourself, or you just need some extra encouragement, some push, some motivation to, to get out there and distinguish yourself, to, to hustle, then I recommend um, a couple resources. One is on my YouTube channel, Morocco Treasure. There's a playlist called Find Jobs in Morocco. Or in those videos, there's a series of them. I talk about how you can uh, improve your LinkedIn profile, stuff about your mindset for finding jobs, how English can help you, and also how do you land an interview? How do you get a meeting with somebody? How do you demand somebody's attention? 
But then also you can go to my website, moroccotreasure.com, and I've got a couple blog posts about extra tips on how to find a job in Morocco. So those are a couple avenues, a couple resources to help you. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.